Hey, hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today, we're going to talk about something that every church has or should have, and that is a constitution and bylaws. So what is this constitution and bylaws all about? What sort of things should be included in one? And then what if we need to make some changes to the constitution and bylaws of our church? How does a church go about making those changes? We will talk about all this plus some more today on Not the Pastor. All right, my friend, Thomas, we're going to talk about something that everybody has, but man, it, it's kind of as a, as a church, it can be out of sight, out of mind. Oh yeah, And you may sure. even be wondering if you do have one, but that is a, a church constitution and bylaws. Yeah. Like super exciting. It's yeah. the most well, exciting aspect of church ministry. Yeah, definitely. Just reading page after page after page yes. of yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was written 30 years ago. That doesn't even apply anymore. To your church. Yes. Oh, no, th this is something that you and I were talking about recently because we actually, both of our churches have been going through and, and doing some updating. Yes. Some, some changing to some of its large stuff, entire right. policy. Some of it is just oh, yeah. verbiage, but I especially hate this process <laughs> of yeah. going through bylaws. I think you enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, so I'm going to ask do. you some questions. Okay, fair enough. So if, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Starting us off, what? why do we even need, as a church, why do we need a constitution and bylaws? Maybe what? what's the why behind this? Obviously, we want the Bible to be the operating manual for our church life and uh, ministry mindset, those kind of things. But that doesn't. That doesn't fly. When we're talking about legally and the society that we live in, we can't be like, oh, we believe the Bible. So that's good enough. That's what we use to live sure. by. That's not enough. And so th there's things also that we, the way that we operate as churches, there's pieces of that operation that are just not included in the Bible. The Bible wasn't designed to be like a, a how to, a how to run church or whatever like that. It, it, right. it wasn't an operations manual. And so yeah. we have to have something to live by. And so when we're talking about constitution bylaws, we want orderly operations and the internal management of the church, right? So that's what we're, mm. we want the operations to work, to yep. work well and smoothly. And we want the internal management. So things like how we're going to hire and fire preachers. <laughs> um, if pastors need to be you know, called in or let go, mm. what our deacons are responsible for in terms of service, like all of those things that, the Bible doesn't talk about, the Bible doesn't talk about how to hire a pastor to a church. The right. Bible doesn't talk about, like the Bible mentions how those first deacons were chosen, but even that it, there's room for interpretation about how the actual like mechanics of that went. And so all of that has to be done somewhere. We, if we want it to be done the same way, otherwise legally churches can get into trouble. And yeah. so we want to make sure about that. Also the a, a constitution of bylaws, those are needed for the 501c3 status. So you're like tax exempt nonprofit status. It's required to have those. And there's a couple of statements that need to be made um, along with that. But I, I liked this quote from the Christian Law Association. And so they, they have some resources for people. And I'm just going to start right up front. People need to get those resources. If you're looking at changing those bylaws, if you haven't looked at yours in a while and you need to look at them again, 
and get on the Christian Law Association's website and look at their resources for constitution bylaws. They have some good, good material. Mm -hmm. Here's a quote from the one of their resources there. The bylaws are essentially a contract between the members, the provisions of which are legally enforceable. Uh, it, it's like the it's the agreement that as members were joining this group and so it's not this member is going to take the church in a different direction it's the guidelines that say no no we're all joining into this place together so, so you need that in order to keep us focused the right direction in order to make sure we're running right and smoothly and well and that that management piece is done like it's supposed to be done that there's some decently and in orderness going on there yeah so it's it's not just a document somewhere it's actually a document that we need to make sure that we're abiding by that we're, yes. we're living in accordance to or else the yeah. ramifications could be at the legal level yes yeah and actually um so i was saving this quote for later but since you brought it up okay it's a longer quote but again it's from cla and so let me just say bylaws may not simply be ignored a church may create any rules for the operation of an organization that it wishes. However, it has if it has a bylaw, it must follow it. If a church does not adhere to its own bylaws, it renders itself susceptible to government involvement and interpretations. Yeah. Quote goes on, but I mean that's a, that's a scary thought that yeah. by not following the rules that we have set out in our own guidelines, like this is a document that we accepted as a church when the church started, by not following those like we open ourselves up to the intervention by government agencies based on the fact that we aren't even following our own rules. And yes. so that's a, that's yeah. a pretty scary idea and pretty scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important that we not just have one, but we actually know yeah. what it says and <laughs> yes. it's not exactly just, right. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. That's over there in that file, but it's actually something that we're, that we're listening to and abiding by. Yeah. That's not to say that we, that that document is unchangeable. In, in fact, we're going to talk about that. It, a, a good portion of this conversation will be, what do we need to do to change that? Why would it need to be changed? Yeah. Those kind of things. Because th this is what happened at our church. Okay. So we had the same constitution of bylaws that hadn't changed in, I mean, our church started 57 years ago, 55 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it hadn't changed until I looked at them and pastor and I started talking. I, I mean, it was probably probably 50 years from the start of the church, those bylaws hadn't been updated or changed almost at all. I mean, that's a long, long time for that document to not be looked at or to be uh, edited. And so when we started looking at that, we just weren't using, we, we weren't doing the things that it said to do. We weren't, we weren't following. We, it said we had to have like three different business meetings a year. We weren't doing that and hadn't as long as I could remember, right? We, we had our deacons set up and how we were electing deacons and how we were, how they were serving and how long they were serving. None of that was accurate, accurately reflected in our bylaws. Like we were doing something totally different. And so we started looking at those things. We're like, man, this needs to change. And so what we did is we just came to the church and we're like, Hey, we need to make some difference. Like we need to change this thing because we're not following what it says. Yeah. We want this to clearly reflect what we're doing. And so then we want to live by the document that we're going to provide. It didn't mean yeah. that we needed to change everything that we'd already been doing, but we definitely right. need to change the document. So, so, yeah. so that a document is not something that once it's set in stone, this constitution and bylaws, it, it's going to be that way for, I mean, similar to our constitution in our nation, there can be amendments, there can be yes. changes made to that. Yes. So how, how often is that 
document should should we be analyzing that and and you know seeing okay maybe we need to make an adjustment here we need to make an amendment there how how often should a church be doing that yeah i, I don't know if i have a great answer it's not like i have like a like oh we should off we should do this every time or every right. 6 weeks or 8 weeks or a year or anything i i don't know but basically the the document needs to be updated and changed as often as it needs to be updated and changed yeah that's a good answer and so if if there are issues and concerns that churches face today that they weren't facing a week ago yeah then it would be appropriate and right to, to update the that those bylaws to currently to reflect the current situation a church is facing right so if a church maybe doesn't have any building and it doesn't need like the, the bylaws probably don't need to have a lot to say about how the building is going to be used but as soon as the building comes into play, well, that probably should be updated to include yes. things about the building. If the church doesn't have deacons, then maybe it doesn't need a section in there about how deacons are going to be called or elected or how long they're going to serve because the church is small enough. It doesn't need those. Yes. That's fine. But if they're going to start doing those things, then that document needs to be updated yeah. and needs to be put into place there. And so whatever issues or con concerns a church might face. Yeah. We're not, we're not facing the same deals, the same problems that churches were facing 30 years ago, 40 yes. years ago, 50 years ago. Yeah. We're facing different battles. We're fighting different things. Yeah. And so those concerns and those battles, the things that we're worried about or concerned about the freedoms or liberties that might be uh, um, infringing upon mm -hmm. uh, church rights, those things need to be reflected in that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about just the the landscape of our nation as yep. far as right. sexual orientation, human sexuality, yep. and how much that has shifted in the last even just few years. Right. A, a church would be wise to make sure, not that we would have any sort of systemic change in our rules, you know, as far as uh, church bylaws are concerned there, because we always believe what the Bible has said, but right, it might be good for us to make sure that our wording is very... Uh, specific and yep. that we are very uh, that we have thought through exactly maybe mm -hmm. situations that might arise that we need to be ready for and oh, have yeah. have this church bylaws that are ready for that and again cla can help with a lot of that yes. giving out samples and not that yep. you would exactly copy and paste it but man you could get a lot of good uh just verbiage yeah. even from oh, yeah. them that would absolutely would help with a lot of that and really protect a church yep so if we come to that place though Thomas Church has, is looking at him, you know, gets it out, dusts, dusts it off and uh, opens it up and is looking at it and finds, okay, man, maybe there's some things that are outdated here or yeah. uh, maybe just some things that are redundant. You know, it says this here, it says it here again, here again, here again. We, we don't right. need all that. Yep. How, how do we even go about changing that? If, if those changes are needing to be made, how, how can a church do that? Yeah. So, the governing body of a church gets to make the changes of that, right? So for our church, the governing body is the, the, the voting consensus of the, of the church membership, right? So for, other, for a different church, that might be the board of deacons, right? Or some other elected board that yeah. way. But the, the governing body, now most of the time, your bylaws are going to tell you how to amend or change your bylaws, right? That's part of what should be in them. Yep. Now, here's what also happens sometimes, and this was a uh, this was on our um, that original copy of our Constitution bylaws was a couple of different things that said could never be changed. Mm, okay, interesting. So it says in there that 
um, Harvest Baptist Church could never take the name Baptist out of its church name, that it would need to cease uh, to be a church if it took the name. Yeah. So So are you considering doing that? No. Um, Just making sure. But but it it was in there. It also said that the Harvest Baptist Church could never use a Bible besides the King James Bible. Okay. So those two things, like in the constitution, in the bylaws, it said these things can never be changed. And Mm. if they, if they're changed, Harvest Baptist Church would have to stop being a church. Oh, wow. The the thing is, is that's fine to have in there and that's great, but that actually holds no legal binding because it can be edited the same way that any other part of the constitution bylaws can be edited. Right. So you can have that stuff in there. That's fine. If that makes somebody feel better, but the, we, we edited all of that out because it didn't change what we were doing anyway, right? We're still using the King James Bible and we're still a Baptist church yes. and not changing either of those things, but we did make those edits. The way that that was worded didn't actually mean anything. And yes. so the whole document can be changed, amended, even can be totally scrapped and rewritten. And it doesn't matter at all, as long as it's done in a, in a way that is legal and right. So, yes. So the way that works is pastor and I got together and we had a conversation like, Hey, there's some things in here that I'm a little bit concerned about. Uh, He's like, yeah, I looked at that. We need to change some things. And so we got together and like kind of outlined out some of those big changes and we went to our church. Well, first we talked to our deacons that would be, so our pastor then talked to our deacons and said, Hey, we're thinking about doing this. We want you guys to know that. And then we took it to our church and said, brought it to our church and said, Hey, we need to make some edits to this. There's some things that we need to add in there. There's some things that we need to take away. There's some things that are worded and so that are just really funky or weird. And so we're going to rechange how those are. Yeah. The church said, yes, let's go ahead and make those changes. We went back, rewrote that document and then brought it back to the church and said, okay, this is the new document. You're welcome to look at it here. You compare it to the old one. Right. These are the things that we did. And then our church body voted to accept the new document as yep. it was written. That's similar to how we do it. Basically we, we make all the changes or the suggested changes, print up a, a new copy of it. And we, we make that available. Yep. We, we, by our bylaws, we have to allow people we have to give an announcement that we're going to have a business meeting, you know, on this week, it has to be so many weeks ahead of our actual business meeting. And we hand out copies, make those available. People can read over those. And then when we come to the business meeting, meeting a couple of weeks later, then we, we do read off the actually read off all the changes that were made and ask if there's any questions at that time, if there are, if there's, and there has never been any sort of a, an issue or a a rub. It's always, a lot of times it's just verbiage type stuff, updated language. It doesn't really change anything. Then we vote to accept, accept it. And the church body votes on that. But just having, having that available ahead of time really speeds up that process. Yes. Honestly, again, CLA, it was a huge help. I I mentioned them four or five times now. We'll probably mention them one or two more times by the time we're done because they were, they were a huge help with those things. I wouldn't have even known where to start. I knew these things needed to change. I'd be like, man, that is not what is happening here. I know that this needs to be different, but I wouldn't have known the process or any of that. And so that was so helpful for, for me to be able to contact them. They had several resources that they were able to send me. That was helpful. What should our constitution and bylaws include? What kind of things need to be in there? So I think I mentioned right at the beginning that in order for a church in the United States to be a 501c3, to have a 501c3 status, like to be 
to be designated as a nonprofit. There's a couple of really specific IRS statements that need to be in there. Okay. Those statements about how contributions are used and how they're, how a church is funded, those kind of things. Those need to be in that document. Mm -hmm. you need to have your statement of faith in there. And that's a hugely important piece. Like, like it's all important, but especially that statement of faith, it keeps, it, it really does limit and focus who is supposed to be a part of this church and who is going to be able to do um, to, to be involved in the different ministry aspects, what we can expect that way. It, that statement of faith is a huge part of yeah. guiding and directing. It, it also just takes at a glance or, or in just a couple of pages, probably not at a glance, but it takes in just a short, a few short pages. It summarizes the most important core beliefs of a church. Yeah. Which is super helpful then if I'm going to your church and I'm deciding, hey, is this a place that I want to be a part of? Can I can I join my my candle to this candlestick? Right? Can can I become a member here? Is this a like that statement of faith is going to be one of the first things I look at. I don't care as a as a member. It doesn't matter to me if you elect deacons for three years or five years or a lifetime. Right. I have an opinion about that, but that doesn't matter. But it absolutely matters to me. Um, that your statement of faith is very similar to what I believe that the Bible says. Right? And so, yeah. And that's the part that honestly, most of us would have like on our website. Yes, or, exactly or, right. That, yep. That's going to be the, yes. the the part that is available to anybody to yep. see. It, it, yep. it really is the, the probably the most important part yeah. like you mentioned already. Yep. And, and that statement of faith should address at least a little bit. some some of the um, issues of the day, so things like sexual immorality, you mentioned that maybe those terms and things that we would agree or disagree with in sexual immorality, abortion, euthanasia, even some churches have a really, really big opinion or a really big stand. They make a big stand about divorce and remarriage and whether the pastor is going to remarry yeah. somebody, those kind of things. Now that the roles of women in church, those kind of things, if, if a church is going to make a stand about something like that, it needs to be in that statement of faith. And, and there needs to be some Bible back there to back. It's a statement of what we believe the Bible says and a, bit, a statement about what we believe that the Bible teaches. Yeah. So then that need, you need to have some Bible in there to back that up. Yes. And so those are some things that maybe don't always end up. It, most statements of faith will say something about, I believe that Jesus is God. I believe in the virgin birth. We believe that the Bible is the words of God. Um, our church uh, did change. I, I think I mentioned that at one point it said the, constitution said that the king james bible was the only bible that we used and that if we ever used anything different harvest baptist church would need to close down now that says when it talks about the word of god there's a statement in there that says our church uses the king james bible for all of its teaching and preaching and that was enough for us and that was yes. good enough it would we didn't need to make any threats about if that ever right. changed or anything like that we're just saying the simple statement that this is what our church uses i mean that's right in that statement of faith if somebody has a question about it they can, they can know, Hey, what Bible did they use? It's right there under what we believe about the word of God. And if they have a problem with that, then they can know, well, either I need to be okay with this where they're at, or I, maybe I need to find a different place to, to mm -hmm. become a member here because this is yeah. what they believe about that. So statement of faith is an important piece there. Membership information, what we expect of our members, yes. their rights as membership, how they're going to vote and what like that they, who gets to vote. Are you going to let 15 year olds vote? Is it only members who are 18? Yep. Uh, needs I mean, to be in there. Th those kind of things. Do they get to sue the church? What church discipline looks like at your church, the, the steps that a church is going to follow for that and what yes. they can expect from that. And then also how, 
church membership is terminated. This often gets kind of overlooked, but it's probably a good idea for most of the reasons that church members, their membership would be terminated. It's probably a good idea for most of that to be automatic. If you join this church, if you join another church besides our church, your, your membership here will automatically be terminated. Mm. If you don't attend a service besides like health reasons or because you're providentially hindered, you know, for six months or a year, or however yep. long you like, whatever it is, then your membership will automatically be, I can all be built in. So you don't have to have a, a meeting and say, okay, well, we haven't seen sister so-and-so for six years. Is she right. still a member here? Well, I don't know. Let's, uh, we should Vote ask her. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, those, those things should be automatic and yep. that should be in the membership information that you have yep. there. Organizational leadership. So how you're going to call a pastor, if a pastor has to be dismissed or let go, what are the steps for that? I mean, heaven forbid that would happen, but the, what, what would be the cause for saying, hey, pastor, it's it's time for you to go. And mm -hmm. what would be the right way for that to happen? What are his duties and roles? And is he responsible for hiring and firing staff? Is that the church's job? What, right. what are the deacons going to do? All of that should be in that organization. How meetings are run. Meetings is another part of that. So when and how often and where meetings are going to, how much notice do they have to have? You mentioned you have to have so many weeks notice. Yes. I think ours says you have to announce it the two Sundays prior to the meeting happening is who's going to moderate that meeting. Mm -hmm. Does pastor have to moderate that? Can pastor appoint somebody to moderate it? Who gets to stand up and say stuff, right? How is the, right. Is, are the, are those meetings open to the floor? Do the comments need to be submitted in writing ahead of time? All of those things can make a, big difference yeah and since you're changing it anyway you might as well put in there how you want those changes to happen in the future so yes uh, how to adopt and change the that constitution bylaw situation that that should that should definitely be in there as well if it's not in there it, yes. it would be good to make sure you're doing it the right way every time everyone yes. knows can be on the same page and my goodness man we should just keep keep talking about those things do you have a school how's that going right. to run is 10 people designate gifts can they say, hey, I'm giving this money, but I want it to go towards this sound system or I want it to go this way. Is that something that can happen? And, and seriously, we could go on and on and on and on. But some of those most important pieces, right? The IRS yep. statement, statement of faith, yep. membership information, leadership stuff, where meetings are happening or, or how meetings are being organized and then the how you're going to change this thing going forward. Those are probably some of the biggest, most important things to have yeah. in there. Well, and my, my guess is that most churches would have something. Yes. Have some sort of yeah. constitution yeah. and bylaws. Yep. Yeah. And probably a lot of them, though, I'm also probably safe in assuming that a lot of them, it's been a while since they were touched or yep. reviewed. Yep. And so it, it would at least be worthwhile for someone to, to take a look at that, just read it with the question in mind of it. Is this up to date? Right. Do, do we need to just doing? update anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are we are we keeping our word here? Because this is right. this is literally our word. This is what we're saying we would do. Yep. And then uh, just getting that dialogue going there. And if, if there's something that needs to be changed, we'll then yep. be getting that process. And again, we can't stress enough. CLA is a is yes. a huge resource there. Yeah. If maybe if there is a, a brand new church, you, you could almost just copy and paste what what they have and then yeah. that will get you going and then you know along yeah. the way you make some adjustments to it and tweak yes. it to, to fit your context obviously but you yeah. need something and you need to make sure that what it says is what you're actually doing yes so you need yep. to know well so to do that. it really yeah. is yeah
Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We want to encourage you again, if you are needing to change your constitution, your bylaws, and check out the CLA, the Christian Law Association, they're, they're going to be so helpful to you, making sure that that's done well and right. So we we'll make sure that there are links to them in the show notes. Also, we'd love to see you on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. We encourage you to come by, leave us a comment, give us some suggestions about show show conversations that you'd like to have. And then finally, would you leave us a review and rating on iTunes? That'd be so helpful to get this conversation, this podcast in front of more listeners. Uh, you can do that by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Until next week, we're not the pastor.